Hello and welcome to the Real Solutions Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brad McDonald. In the last episode of the Real Solutions Podcast, I was joined by corporate wellness expert Chris White, and we had a lot to discuss and unfortunately ran over time. I suggest in listening to this podcast, you first go back and listen to episode one so you can pick up the thread of what we were talking about. I hope you enjoy this interview. It's highly worth it. So what? tell me about Shea Wellness, because you mentioned that before, and look, I'll be entirely honest, I don't, I don't know really a whole lot about that. So what, no, no. What, what, what is it about? For sure. So Shea Wellness is essentially um, the corporate arm mm-hmm. of, of a set of applications that are essentially devised and, and built to improve human health holistically, if mm-hmm. you will. So, so Shea Wellness... There's a machine learning engine called PH360 at the back end of it. Shea Wellness is what deals with the corporates. Shea Virtual Health deals with one-to-one for coaching. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Shea Fit. Um, and we have other applications as well that sit aside. But what Shea does mm. is it allows me as a practitioner, if we went back to my health coaching days, mm. to measure someone's body and do out 68 questions medical. Mm. And at the end of that process, be able to provide extremely bespoke information on how to best get themselves well and actually optimize beyond wellness, thrive, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and we're talking the whole shooting match. Mm. Um, everything from essentially how your mind works yes. to what food best suits you to what environments are going to allow you to thrive. Like, mm-hmm. i.e., oh, I really hate the cold. For some people, cold is a killer. Yes. It's such a high stressor that it's actually actively, it can be considered a stress in an office space, if you uh, will, yes. as an example. Um, and then you've, you know, uh, what drives a body? As in, some people value movement really highly. Some people value mind care or their mindset really highly. They know innately that to be well, mm. they have to take care of mind number one. And then other things follow that might relate to mind, like genius, for example, might be a second value. Mm. Then other bodies, it, it, it could be that their social is really important. Mm-hmm. For some, it could be sh- social expression or it could be social connection. So actually just being around and with people mm-hmm. and bonding. Um, and then for others, it's about social nurture. So they have a tribe and they need to support the tribe. Mm-hmm. So essentially, this application does measures an individual and advises them on all of those things and more. Mm-hmm. On how they can just tick at all these little boxes, aggregate a load of tiny little games to right. essentially be super well. So you've got the big things that we're used to, like nutrition. It's like, oh, if I eat right, I get well. And that's extremely true. Like yes. The impact of nutrition is huge. But we know, and our application allows us to say with accuracy, that for some people, they won't get their nutrition right mm-hmm. until that social nurture piece is correct. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, yep. to maintain it over time will be really difficult. Sure. Yeah. Set in circumstance. And, yeah. yeah. So right. what shame wellness is... Is, is an application that we plumb a load of data in on each individual mm-hmm. and we get all these outputs to say, right, if we take care of you, we get you to nail this stuff, mm. who you turn up as is going to go that, you know, is going to just go up in terms of mm. your best self, if you will, that, which is an overused phrase for me at the moment. But essentially, yes. when people are well, they're, they're better. They're mm. less stressed, mm. they have more resilience, they have better communication skills, yes. they have just higher capacity and resilience. It's that simple. Yes. So if we start with the individual, but then what's really interesting, when you start to say, okay, this person values social nurture, this person values communicating with others, mm. that plays out in the office space. Mm-hmm. Like, 
massively. Yes. You know, and if someone is, let's say, someone's a natural introvert, and they and, they, and you've created a collaborative of office space, and their stress is just peaking up because <laughs> some stuff's going on at home, or the business isn't going in the direction they want, or their work. Uh, you know, there's something causing some sort of stress or anxiety, some uncertainty for them, and then you're chucking them in a collaborative working space. You know, you could just be, yeah. Fuel to the fire. Exactly right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So by knowing what drives people, really specifically, Mm. we can provide solutions and support that is wholly more effective. Again, it starts with that individual, and then when you bring it to the group, it gets really, really exciting. Because like, for you, Brad, like, Mm. What do you what do you think is like the, the biggest stresses in the workplace between people, if you will? Biggest stresses in the workplace. Oh, that's that's a that's a really good question throwing it back at me. Um I think what I've observed over twenty odd years of being with this firm is that and touching on something you raised earlier in the podcast is um, people not knowing what's going on within the organisation. So we've worked at becoming I guess uh, what is it, uh, more, uh, giving people more clarity, more um, transparency. Uh, transparency, thank you, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for, into the big systemic changes that might be happening or, or might be playing out on the firm or in the, uh, you know, the industry we were within. Yeah. Uh, and and so I think, I think that certainly helped people, having a bit of an understanding rather than just wondering what the hell is going on. So it's just a... Just to drill into that, because it's a really interesting point in terms of like if you want in an anthropological sense mm. or just a human stress sense, what is it about transparency or the unknown that's the other side of that transparency yes. if it doesn't occur? Yes. That you, what do you think it is about that that makes people struggle? I think, um, I mean, I think humans innately for me have the, have we all, I believe, have and built into us with probably genetically the fear of the unknown. Probably goes back to the uh, hunter-gatherer days and living in a cave. Yeah. Um, you know, there are all these uncertainties, all these things out there that can kill you in the dark mm. and you need to be prepared for them. Yeah. Uh, and I also think a big part of our human neurochemistry and the makeup of our brains is that we all think we can control a lot more than actually we can. So the more information we have, or people have, the more sense of a control they have in their own minds, or at least they can order it in a way that makes sense, that they can interpret what's going on, even if they don't truly understand it. Totally. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think you're bang on. I would say this. Mm. I can say that everybody fears the unknown, but some people like the fear. (laughs) <laughs> so there are certain health types that will thrive with that sudden drop the bomb on them, right? And they'll and they'll boom, they'll navigate it really well. They'll pivot. Yes. I'm actually that's actually my health type. Funny enough, like okay, I like last minute challenges and someone to put me on the spot. Yes, I'm not the most um, natural at that. There's other people within my health type who are more mm. unbelievable at it. Mm. Um, but it comes with trade offs. But my my point yes. is this though is well going back to what you said and like talking about the unknown like. I think yeah, absolutely bang on that it's 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 you know it's a century change and where they think they're at at any given moment because people are already at, at stretch right like yep. most people in the workplace yeah we're we're always trying to milk out those extra few dollars or you know make the most of our energy us as individuals and then the organisations as a whole so That's when right. you when you then say hey we're about to move the goalposts whoa you know like that's all oh, sugar I'm gonna just tip over the cliff edge now. Yeah, and and, yeah. It, and the thing is, is it's the stretch that means they react the way they do. If we could, if we said, "Hey, we're going to do a, a, a recreational weekend," and we got them really pumped and really low stress, really bonded, and then said, "Hey, a change is coming," mm-hmm. I wonder what the results would be then. Do you know what I mean? But it's because we don't really think, really ultimately, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily 
always think of others and where they're at before Correct. we drop the bomb, if you will. So Yeah, and yeah. I think one of the biggest learnings for me as a, as a business owner and leader within the firm is taking people on the journey of change versus dropping change on people because that just doesn't, it never goes well. 100%. And it leads to bad outcomes, it leads to you know increased stress and anxiety in the workplace. Yeah. And so really you need to take people on that journey and that takes time, it takes consultation <laughs> uh, and it, as you've just described it takes uh, delivering the message in the right way when they're in a, a low stress rather yeah. than just yeah. ready to peek over that edge and um, it reminds me of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Yeah. I might just lose my head. Exactly. And that's and, what we see. Well, and do you know what? It's it's really interesting point you just made. I kind of mentioned like a macro version of timing and how like I'm like thinking about when you're going to drop that bomb. As, as I said earlier, it's a bit of a cross way of putting it, but maybe that's the end. <laughs> we well, are yeah, for the RE. You're the business of that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like with that in mind, like if you were thinking in a more micro sense, like day to day. Yeah. Madly, you could get you could talk to me at ten a.m. and throw a pivot at me, and I'll probably go, "Yeah, cool. Mm. Do the same at six p.m." And I'm no, I'm tired. Leave me alone because yeah. my body goes peaks in the morning, fades in the evening. Yes. Whereas there's another body type. My our opposites. Well, we're we're opposites, and if you tell them, uh, try and redirect them in the afternoon, mm. they they may well cope with it, um, or in the early evening. Whereas in the morning, I almost guarantee they won't. So that's the level of precision we could be talking about wow. on day to day, and that's essentially that's the night owl, early bird phenomena. Yes, um, but that is it, like, and, but that is biological. That is driven deep in our biology, yeah. um, and it's something that we we haven't learned to leverage off yet. Like, getting let's say yes, it's one to say let's improve one's health by acknowledging it, but it's another to say let's improve our performance as a team mm. by not retasking what we call our diplomats. Yeah. You know, at seven eight, uh, ring them up at seven a.m. and say, "Hey, you're going to make it into work today because we've got a change for you." You know what I mean? Like, where's the activator? You could do that, and they're in at half seven, and they're like, "Oh, right, I'm activated." Yeah, because they're li- they're living for adrenaline and testosterone, so yeah, that hits it, boom, and they're away, and they, they feel good and safe when it's like that. Right, they're opposite, not so much. Okay. <laughs> Well, this is, um, I mean, I think I could probably talk to you about this all day because it's, I find this incredibly interesting. Um, and I'm sure listeners out there who typically are, are business owners will mm. also hopefully find this really interesting and take something from it. What kind of practical, tangible benefits have you witnessed from businesses specifically, because this is the Real Solutions yeah. Business Podcast, uh, take out of the Shea Wellness Program once they've gone through it? Like, what have you seen and observed? What, to tell me about it. Yeah, so, I mean, look... It's really straightforward. Like the the, the setup for Shea Wellness at this point in time is mental health. Like mm-hmm. if you if you look at the impact on mental health on on presenteeism, and if you rate presenteeism as fifty percent productivity or less, yes, um, and the cost of mental health, you know, as if you're if you're at a minor risk of mental health, it's around nine hours lost. If you're at moderate, we're looking. Mm-hmm. At, sorry, this is absenteeism now. Okay, we're right. looking at forty five hours loss as, as average risk. Wow, three hundred. If you're in the severe category of mental health, 300 lost hours. Wow. Um, and that's not even, and then pre- presenteeism is 378, according to mm-hmm. uh, a white paper done by PwC back in 2014. Okay. But what's interesting, the rise in the last six years in terms of mental health in the workplace mm. is exponentially higher than it was in the years previous. And especially, mm. guess what, since COVID. So, yeah. so the background here is, is that mental health is a huge drain on productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, four times more lost hours than if you've got a physical injury if you have a mental injury. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay, it's costly stuff, stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. So with that in mind, understanding what stresses people, because mm. I think there's, a, there's from another area of the study, there's some statistic around 91% of mental injury occurs from acute psychological stress or... Or, or chronic psychological stress. So essentially, it's it's just that daily grind of stress load that builds and builds yes. and builds. Yeah. That eventually means I'm now mentally so I'm, so I'm killing it. Well, it is. It's yeah. a death by a thousand cuts, you know. Yeah. And especially when you don't know that being allergic to milk and drinking it every day is contributing to your physiological stress load. Wow. So <laughs> this is the point of the aggregation yes. of marginal gains. It's like we can attack the death by a thousand cuts. We mm. know where all the cuts are coming from. So right. we can block them at source. Yes. You know? So with that in mind, I forgot your original question, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... How so it rolls out in the yeah, workplace. Yeah, what are you place. saying? So essentially, we, we, we try and impact mental health first and foremost. Um, mm. Well, actually, what we're trying to do is, is serve what people want. So we ask people, what do you want to work on if we do a six-week challenge? Here's 13 options, for argument's sake. Yes. And generally what we see now is is people aren't that fast on talking about nutrition mm. in their workplace with their colleagues. It's not that popular. It does come up now and again, but it's mm. not that popular. But will, do they want to talk about communication? Yeah, they do. They've got something to express. Mm-hmm. Do they want to talk about leadership mm-hmm. and, and what that's doing for them? Yeah, they do. They've got something to express. Do they want to talk about stress, resilience, every time? Mm-hmm. Um, no coincidence, right? Because that's the pandemic, right? So Yes the real one so so with that in mind we, we try and affect that what we see is varied results but essentially we're looking at what you could describe as a 20% drop mm-hmm. in 30 days at people's what we call have you heard of, ever heard of DAS21 or DAS42 yes I have yeah, yeah so yeah. depression anxiety stress index rating so yeah. it's a subjective test mm. but essentially people are given it's subjective but it's quite there's physical elements to the test as well in terms of the questions they're asking mm-hmm. they're basically saying how are you feeling day to day because if you've lost motivation this is a precursor for mental health because it is a sign that you are overstressed yes you know simple stuff like that and it's 21 questions or 42 mm-hmm. and we do this at the beginning of the challenge and we do it at the end we see around a two point drop that you could describe as 20% mm-hmm. What's the significance of that? If I go back to those stats at the beginning, 945 and 300, mm-hmm. and we're looking at people who are in the severe category, we're losing 300 hours. In the moderate, we're losing 45. Mm. Like, if we can drop them enough days in a row from eight to six or seven to five, yes. and then they get home and we teach them how to use home life even more effectively to drop their stress levels, mm-hmm. their average day-to-day starts to do this, mm. you know, in terms of their stress levels. What does that mean? It means the risk of chronic stress illness is decreasing every day. What's the outcome of that is improved presenteeism, absenteeism. Mm -hmm. How quick is it? Initially, to make a change to the individual, quick. To make a change to the workplace that impacts culture, Mm. a bit longer, 12 to 24 months. Mm. And then we start to see really significant change. That change translates, according to the same white paper, to at least $2.3 per dollar spent. Mm -hmm. So it's... It's monetarily oh. valuable, like, mm. let alone the morality of I've got 50 people in my charge, I'd much rather they die at the age they're meant to than young. You yes. know, like, so, you know, it, it really depends on the individual as how you weigh that up, I guess. But mm. I would say that there's no argument against it. it. It's upside. And I guess the real questions then come mm. down to what you whether you can afford the time and mm-hmm. the, the investment at the time. Yes. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, it, it genuinely is... 
a lot of people are like, what are the metrics on measuring whether it's affecting things? Well, the reality is, is, is mm. the metrics on not doing it are worrying. Yes. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. A, from a moral standpoint, and, and, you know, and also B, cost to organisations and businesses, both yeah. morally and I financially. Totally, yeah, mm. 100%. And mm. I think that there's hidden... There's hidden factors as well that we're, we're still not even including in those central factors, like the long-term effect of a business that's got terrible churn, mm-hmm. changing employees every week. The employees are a bad, you know, are in a yes. bad way. Yeah. When you bring in the new people, what's the culture they're going to absorb? What's the energy that they're yeah. going to absorb? Like, what do you think? Like, you're never going to change. You know, it's like it's like um, it's like you know, it's like taking a pill to fix your body. Yeah. If you're just reacting to a symptom, you need yes. to change the fault. Like, yes. it's the same thing in business, right? And each business is much like a person. It's an ecology. It's an ecosystem of its own. Yeah. And it needs you need to find where the the pain points truly are, the faults really are, mm. and address those. Because if you don't, then you'll just repeat, repeat, repeat. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, really interesting stuff. And so Shape Wellness, I understand, is currently running Australia's Healthiest Workplace Challenge. What's that about and what's it hoping to achieve? So that's all, it's actually just wrapped up. We're, okay. we're sort of in the, the, pre, the post-challenge phase at the moment. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it was, it was about, we, we made Shape Wellness available to 20 people in all the businesses that took, took part. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up with about 140 businesses involved. Oh, wow. And essentially, we ran our program mm via webinar um, out to all of those businesses and provided uh, touch points for all the team leaders from from the PH360 as a central company like myself yes. as what we call a show wellness provider. Mm-hmm. And we basically supported them along. We can't, we drove them along as well as we could yep. to make sure that their people were as engaged as possible and using the information, mm-hmm. A, in the app and B, in all of the webinars and the content we provided we also had like closed groups where we delivered nutrition advice and daily updates and goal setting techniques and mm-hmm. just honestly unbelievable value. Mm. Um, you know, if you if you paid for that upfront, you'd be talking thousands of dollars. Yes, um, and, and we've done it because essentially, I mean, the world needs it. Like the reality yep. is, is you know, mental health is genuinely um, is is dangerously high. Like, mm. like or. You know the mental health risks out there are dangerously high, and the, yeah. the worry for us is that businesses react as best as they can, and they provide things like flexible working scenarios because everybody's asking for that. Yes. But the trouble is, is like, do we know why they're asking for that? Mm. The real question should be, why do you think flexible working is so great? And they people will say because it will impact my mental health, but it's actually like, is that why? Or is it because you like you like, you just think you like being at home? Mm. You know. Mm. Whereas what we know is that the Certain types of individual, six months of working at home could actually push them over a precipice. Yes. yes. So it's like, we want to be in there and say, hey, I get what you're giving them this policy. They asked for it, but let's do it intellectually. Let's do it with evidence mm. and let's do it with this system in place or a system in place mm. that allows us to make the right calls now. Because what happens if we make the wrong ones again and yes. flip the other way? And then two years down the line, we go, oh, that was a failed experiment. Let's all go back to the workplace. Mm. And we get, you know, we get the same problem. So right now we're at this precipice where everybody knows change is necessary, mm-hmm. but it needs to be the right change to, for it to have longevity. Mm. And there's not many people in, or organisations on the planet who actually understand individuals enough 
to really make the calls on these things. Right. You know? I remember seeing a statistic um, from an employment publication that by 2030, and, and, and I must imagine sooner, that, that mental health in the workplace will be the biggest issue facing most businesses globally. Yeah. And that, that's pretty, pretty sobering. It, it's just tragic. Mm. Like, it doesn't, like, it, it belies, it almost belies belief. But then the reality is, is I mean, if you looked at, you could pick five cultural things that are driving that, like, um, like the way that we value our employees and, and yes. work itself, like, just as a start for ten. Like, if, mm-hmm. if we don't change why we expect people to work, then then that this this mental health problem will, will continue to exist. Yeah. Um, but these really, in all honesty, are questions beyond a shameless challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm. But what can what can we do now with the scenario we've got mm-hmm. that can tweak the values within organisations? Because ultimately, culture is only a sum of cultures. Yes, correct. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, at the moment, the where the where we're at can only be a reflection of, of the mass, right? The average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we change it? I mean, there's that. I don't know if you've heard. There's a Confucian saying of if you want to change the country, you need to change the county. If you want to change the county, you need to change the city. If you want to change the city, you need to change the family. Mm-hmm. Change a family, you need to change the man or the woman. Right. So, I mean, okay. that's a slightly bastardised version, but yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, 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 and it is. It's that yeah. simple. It's like it's, we, it's the old saying we have here in New Zealand: um, uh, act locally, think globally. Yeah, yeah. Ex- I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, exactly right. And and it, it is. It's like you know, if you if you you know, it's, it's sort of like that old one of them. Um, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, and like. Yeah. We're facilitating people to attach to, um, you know, the the knowledge that mm. will allow them to make the right changes for them. Yes, uh, and then explain how to make that sustainable as possible. Yeah, um, and then seeing how that impacts the business and then the culture, mm-hmm. and then creating e- ecosystems around that. Imagine, imagine, imagine a whole BNI chapter mm. where this became lexical. Yes. You know, yeah, well, that, that's so impactful. We know why BNI works. Yeah. It's because of that reach, right? And those, that's right. Everybody, like 30 people who know each other know a lot of people, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they know a lot of people. The reach is phenomenal. The zone of influence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, look, I, I make no bones about it. Like, I, I love that I'm in New Zealand. I honestly believe that I'm meant to be here. Yes. And, and, that, and that I think that there's a real appetite for this sort of stuff here. And and a real opportunity because of the single layer of governments, governance yes. um, and four million people. Like mm. if 15% of a, of, of a population is the tipping point in terms of coming out of obscurity mm-hmm. and no longer needing to market to sell, like, yes. then this idea, 15% of, the sm- of one of the smallest westernised populations with the facility to actually enact it, like mm. the value systems, um, the, the financial clout, Mm-hmm. As individuals and as families, not just uh, not just as a country, but and also the food here, the food here, if it's protected, mm. like we actually have a chance of actually still maintaining food standards in a way that other parts of the world can't. Like, yes. um, but we need to know how important that is, and mm. I think people do, but it's still a conversational thing. It's not a policy thing yet. Mm. Um, mm. And environment as well. Environment's a yes. massive factor, like huge. Um, and we, we don't realise, I said earlier on about this, everything around us is affecting us internally. Yes. Um, and The interconnected way of life. Exactly. Yeah. So all of those things, they need to be taken care of as well. There's not mm. many places on the planet where I think there's that ge- a genuine opportunity to do that. And, right, okay. And I, and, I, and I think that that's why, and I think New Zealand is uniquely special in that way. And, mm. 
And if that's uh, I personally just find that extremely exciting. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm. Wow. Well, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff in there because, you know, mental health um, is so important for us as human beings uh, and the impacts when employees and the people that we work with uh, are not mentally well is is huge on the bottom line let's be honest uh, because we're we're in business to one of the reasons we're in business is to make money and without going into the the reasons of the hows and whys why we're in business and but that's that's a feature of business of course um, that we've got to keep an eye on for the people who are listening today before we wrap up and obviously before we wrap up today I want to find out how people can reach you and get hold of you and we'll come to that but do you have any sort of, and I'm based on what you've said to me today, Chris? Obviously, this is a journey, mm. and it's not a it's not a quick overnight fix. There's a whole lot of things that you, you look at and parameters that need to be carefully looked at to work out how people tick and what works and what doesn't work yep. for them. Yep. But do you have any immediate takeaway points for people who are listening today? You know, business leaders, business owners. Based on what you've been talking today, what 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 if you have three points or even yeah. if it's one, what for do you sure. have for sure for us? Um, yeah, definitely. So, firstly, num- number one would be that whatever you do next, personalize it. And if you don't know what that means, then mm. you need to find someone who does. Mm-hmm. Because, and the reason I say that is because whatever well-being intervention you you put in, mm. if it is carte blanche blanket, you will get. A low, a, you know, a moderate to low percentage of engagement. Yes. Initially, and then there's a whole raft of people you're not going to reach. So you mm-hmm. need to find a, a, um, a service or people who provide a service mm-hmm. that will allow you to personalise your wellbeing programs. Right. For real. Okay. Um, and I think that's a top tip. So yep. whatever you look to next, look to personalise it. Personalise it. Okay. Um, yep. Good point. Number t- number two, and this feeds into number one. To be honest, mm. is the the number. That nobody really knows how to m- create a metric around these programs and how they perform is mm-hmm. still a bit of a difficult question in the short term, right? Because because it's hard to see like productivity and absenteeism, and presenteeism. And mm-hmm. Seeing those, that data shift takes time for the impact to take place, and then the data to be collated over time to see it play out the impact, mm. right? So no one really knows how to answer it. So the, the common um, sort of solution to this mm-hmm. is engagement. Let's measure the engagement of the program and if people are engaged, yeah. it'll work. Now, here's the, here's the rub with that. If I throw a yoga class, mm. or no, that's a bad example. Let's say mm. I throw, <laughs> throw a hit class, right? A hard out hit class right. at, at 6.30 a.m. before work because that's what the program says is, is what people want mm. because they think that's good for them. Mm. And then 30 to 50% of my people are what we call diplomats mm. who are night owls and shouldn't be stressed like that in the morning, it will actively impede weight loss, it will actively impede um, their stress levels, their hunger levels, mm. and that can have some real flow-on effects that make people essentially unhealthy. Right. Right? But they all turn up because mm. they've been given something free and they want to lose weight and they want to do the right thing. Yes. So they're engaged. So the stats say, this is working. And then <laughs> one year down the line, you go, why are they... F- why are they less healthy? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so, so we need. I guess the real, the real statement there would be: ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes back to personalization. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. and and making sure that you're you're being really smart about what you put in place. Mm-hmm. And I guess, and then, um, but a tangible takeaway. Well, be a tangible, like a real something you could change in the workplace. Here it is: leadership. 
it has to start with the leadership. Like, if I, in fact, I would even trump everything I've said and say, mm. whatever you do next, do it to the, with the leadership first. Yes. Because the overwhelming evidence for our programs specifically, but also outside of our programs from white papers regarding health and well-being in the workplace, is yes. is that programs don't work if the leaders don't engage, and leaders often don't engage mm-hmm. because who arguably they're the busiest people in the workplace, arguably. Yep. Um, yes. And they're like, oh, do I really need this extra load? Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's for the worker rather than for the leader. Well, the reality is it's for everybody because they've got all the followers, right? Mm-hmm. So if we change the followers, they reap massive rewards because mm-hmm. bad followership is what stresses leadership. Yes, right? you're quite right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so we have to show the leaders mm-hmm. that that's of huge value. And, and the other thing with that is, is in the end, leaders generally, is productivity that they value, mm-hmm. like their productivity and performance. Like that's what they really want to smash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so go at your leaders and, and ask something of them, you know, put some faith in them, but ask something of them like we like and say, like, we need you on board. Because mm. Mm. without that, you're wasting money. Well you can't take people on the journey if you don't empower yourself and you're not willing to turn up and yeah. be present. Yeah. Uh, presenteeism is a word you've used a lot today for the leaders to be present mm. uh, and engaged. Yes. And willing to shine the light for one of a yeah. term. For sure. Yeah. 100%. Engaged with the program because, like, the poo rolls downhill, but so does the ice cream. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it reminds me of uh, if you haven't seen it, and I'm showing my age here, but from the 1980s, uh, Eddie Murphy. He does a great skit about uh, losing his ice cream when he was a child. So sorry, that's a little <laughs> bit of a... I probably have seen it. I'm yeah. a big fan of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But that's a really good point. Yeah, both both the shut and, and the ice cream rolls yeah. down the hill. It does, it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you hope the ice cream doesn't melt. At the moment, it'd be fine. But, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure but, would be. But yeah, but, you know, my point being is like, you know, need to set the tone. And yes. It's, it's that simple. So, yeah. Um, and that's why actually our programs, they usually are, our preferable strategy is to work in a small program of leadership. Yes. And there's a couple of reasons why that's so important. Is they get behind it, they get their own experience. Obviously mm. that's super powerful. Yes. But also they get to know that they can confidently talk about this program that's been run into the workplace. Because mm. I, I would say that this is not data driven now, this is probably just anecdotal and I'm a reasonable understanding of humans and how they work. Mm-hmm. If you make a leader join a wellness program mm. and they feel like they're behind the curve on it, yes. they don't feel like they're leading. So, right. and their, their modus operandi, their much higher preference mm. is to be going, this is how this works, people. Yes. And yes. setting the tone from a place of strength. Yes. You know, and that's just the nature of a leader. They only got to that position because they think that way, let's face it, you mm. know, mm. that I can do this, I can tell people what to do. Like, so we need yeah. to give them, we need to empower them to be able to do that. So, mm. yeah, and I think that's another factor in why it's so important. And that's why we, yeah, we do aim to work with leadership first and then disseminate down. Yes. Yeah, makes, just makes good sense. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you uh, on the Real Business Solutions podcast today. I've certainly learned a lot, and uh, you've given me some inspiration as a leader, so thank you very much. Now, if people want to get hold of you, want to find out about Shea Wellness and what that can do and what you can do for them and their organisations, where do they find you? Give us the dates. I mean, look, um, you can find my website at risefitness.com. Yes. And... and my Rise Wellness uh, homepage is, is fully up and running and fully contactable via there, via mm-hmm. phone and email. Yes. Uh, you can reach me at chris at risefitness.co.nz. 
Great. That's the easiest way to contact me with regard to Shea Wellness. Okay. So, yep, um, yep. there's a heap of ways you can contact me. Yes. Um, but start with the email. Um, yep. And if you know anyone at BNI, if anyone's in contact with people from our BNI group, you know, mm-hmm. that's another way as well. You can get in contact with me with that six degrees or less of separation. Yes, that's BNI, um, Phoenix, and Christchurch. It is. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yep. Easy. Easy. Yep. Easy. Yeah. Lemon squeezy. Brilliant. Rise being respect, integrity, service, and excellence. Respect, integrity, service, and excellence. Yeah. Fantastic. That's one thing I took away from the RAF that will always stay with me. I think it's a great set of values. Yes. Brilliant. Well, look, absolute pleasure once again. Thank you so much for your time and coming to chat with me today. Really enjoyed it. And I wish you all the very best in your journey. And I think New Zealand's a rich place for having you uh, in our team of five minutes. So. Oh, man. Thank you so yep. much. Thank you so much. It's been great. Yep. Good to chat. Cheers, bro. Awesome. Thank Cheers, Chris. Thank you. <laughs>